You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Life Groups Minister, Del Matthews. Hi, I'm Belle and I'm a staff member and also volunteer at St. John's. Uh, Today's reading is from Ephesians 2 verse 19 to 22. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in and in him you two are being, healed, being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, hello. Uh, my name's Del Matthews, and I'm a member of the staff here at St. John's. At St. John's, over the last few weeks, we've been doing a series on our deepest desires, and that series focused on you and I as Christian, individual Christians, But today our tension shifts and the focus shifts to us. We're starting a new series on the church. And today we want to talk about the church as the temple of God. Now, when I think of temples, I'm thinking about those stone structures that you see around the Mediterranean. We don't have any temples in Australia, but probably the closest we have are some of those great old sandstone and bluestone buildings. You know, think universities like like Melbourne University. My great-grandfather was a stonemason and worked on one of those universities. Uh, My grandmother told me he built, or he worked on, the uh, Sydney University Library and that they would go there for picnics sometimes. Uh, But by the time I went to Sydney University as a student, the library had shifted to a 1960s structure. It definitely wasn't the building that my great-grandfather worked on. So it took me a while to find the old library, and when I did, it turned out to be the very first building that I ever had to go to to enrol as a student. The old library sits on the corner of the Sydney University main quadrangle, and it's a magnificent place. It's today it's called the McLaren Hall. In my opinion, great-grandfather did a great job on it. So I didn't have the, meet, uh, the privilege of meeting my great-grandfather or seeing him at work, but one of the times I was up in Sydney, the stonemasons were repairing the town hall and they'd set up a workshop outside with a big glass window so we could watch them. I tell you, it's hard work, even with today's modern equipment, takes quite a while to get a stone ready for building, let alone getting it so that it fits well with all the other carpentry. It's a long job to fit together. And a building like the McLaren Hall also needs a really solid foundation. Thankfully, there's been no cracks and no collapse, so it has a good good foundation. My great-grandfather built that that building for a purpose. It was built, yes, to house the books of the Sydney University, but it was also meant to be a a place to include the community, a place where the community could come and appreciate good art and good literature. That building was an inclusive building. The church is inclusive. The Bible... 
um, is said, the Bible says that the church is like the temple of God. Now, we generally know of temples as a solid physical building, like the McLaren Hall. And in Jesus' day, there was a physical temple. In the Old Testament, uh, the Israelites had been wandering around. And when they settled in their land, King Solomon built them a temple. Well, his stonemasons built it. The people came there to worship God, and it was a symbol of their unity. They came to worship one God. They came together as one people. The temple was said to be to house the presence of God. There was no need for other temples around the country because it was one God and one temple. And the uni a unified nation came together. But more than that, people from other nations could come to worship God in that one place, that temple. It was an inclusive temple. Now, in the New Testament, around the time of Jesus, there was still a physical temple, but it wasn't the one that Solomon built. It was a different temple. The one that Solomon built was meant to, be, to include other nations, but the one that existed during the time of Jesus had a separate chamber for the non-Jews. Archaeologists have found a sign that said, well, it was something to the effect of that no responsibility would be taken if a non, for the probable death of a non-Jew who entered into one of the Jewish sections. Now, I'm not aware of any such deaths, of course. Now, the architects of that temple, of that new temple, got it wrong. The Temple of Solomon was inclusive of non-Jews as well. When our passage was written, the Christians of the time included both Jews and non-Jews. And the first thing we see in our passage is this astounding news that there should be no distinction between the Jews and the non-Jews in the Christian church, in the Christian temple. Non-Jewish Christians were to be equally included as fellow citizens and, and as members of the family of God, the same as the Jews. It doesn't matter what quarry you come from, we're all to be treated equally. The result is a unified church, just like the building that Solomon built. Now, even though this, this passage refers to the church as a temple, we're not talking about a physical temple built of you know, stones and rocks. We're talking about a, a, a temple of living people, of living stones. And the church is said to be of, made of living stones. Now, throughout the New Testament, the term church is used in a variety of ways. It can refer to people meeting in a house, uh, someone's house. It can refer to the church in a particular city, you know, the church of Ephesus or the church of Rome. It's also used to refer to the church in a geographical region and the whole world. There were no church buildings back then. Well, that's rather good news for us. Um, the church today is not the building of St. John's or St. Catherine's or St. Michael's or any other church building that we love. The church is the believers in Christ, Christians. And like the early church, we could be meeting in a house like a house hub or we could be meeting in a, uh, a church building, in a building, uh, like we, <laughs> we prefer to do when we're out of lockdown. Or we could be meeting virtually just as we are today. 
Over the last 18 months, who we are as a church has not changed. The only thing that has changed is the way we meet and connect together. Now we're at church because we share one thing in common, what Jesus Christ did for us. In fact, we share that with all other Christians around the world. Now we, so we can talk about the Australian church or the church worldwide. The church is not you or I as individuals. The church is us together. It's, it's a community together. The church is all of us together. Our faith in Jesus Christ and our walk with God is both individual and communal. Our church membership is like being a citizen or a member of, of the family. We come to God through um, the death and through the faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we're adopted into the family. As believers in Christ, by default, we get our citizenship and membership into the family of God. These days, unfortunately, we're really um, familiar with the horrific scenes of refugees trying to flee their country. All they want is to feel included and to belong in their country. And when they can't return there, the next thing they want is to be included and belong and to feel like they belong in their new country of choice. The ultimate is citizenship. And that's the same with us as Christians. Within the church, as citizens of the church, what we want to feel is that we are included and that we belong. Now, for the church in Ephesus, uh, the non-Jews, um, for that, the not for the non-Jews, the news that they were equal and could be included in the church was fantastic news. But for the Jews of the church, that that news may have came up as a bit of a shock. There was still some prejudice between the Jews and the non-Jewish Christians. And we know today uh, that some of the new citizens of Australia and indeed some of our Indigenous citizens sometimes feel like they're not included and that they don't belong. That's wrong um, and we should always call that out and it's gone on for far too long. But it's, it's not up to them, it's up to us, the rest of Australians, to help them feel like they inclu are included and that they belong and to make sure their experiences are in inclusive. And it's the same in the church. It's up to us in the church to reach out and make sure that every member of the church, every member feels like they belong. Now, for the church in Ephesus, their biggest challenge was uh, the racial divide between Jews and non-Jews. We've got a number of challenges in our church, but here's one of them. I've heard said that one of the impacts of the prolonged lockdowns is a diminished sense of belonging, a sense that we don't quite fit anymore. It's up to us to find ways to help people to belong. Now, I don't have all the answers. In fact, when I started to think about this, to my shame, I realised that when we come together to meet physically in the building, I'm pretty good at reaching out to others who may be on their own or not talking to with, with someone. But I'm not so good at carrying that over when we're in lockdown. How do we do that when we're in lockdown? So I started to think about 
yes, how we uh, connect with our friends and how we connect with our family. I mean, who hasn't had a family Zoom together? A great catch up. How can we extend the way we connect with those closest to us to those who are not so close to us in the family of God? Maybe you've got some good ideas. And if you're watching this live, can I suggest you give us your ideas in the chat? Be great to hear from you. Many of us are experiencing lockdown fatigue, but let's not give in to that. Let's keep reaching out to each other. We shouldn't take our unity for granted. Let's continue to pray for that and to pray that God would direct us as um, we reach out and connect with other members of the church family. Now, like any grand building, this living temple, the church, needs to be built on a solid foundation. Now, architects of the ancient world were very familiar with good foundations. A foundation would usually consist of several layers of blocks of stone, and that was all on top of fill. They were pretty solid. There's no record of temples collapsing due to poor foundations. Now, while it's true that every rock in the church or every person in the church is equal, there's one very special rock in that foundation of the church. In ancient architecture, the one rock that was absolutely critical was called the cornerstone. Every other stone, every other rock was laid against it and fitted, to, fitted and lined up against that. Although there are no temples were known to collapse due to poor foundations, there's been a lot of plundering. And when people start taking away the stones and the beams for other purposes, that's when the structures are weakened and that's when you get collapse. Can you imagine what would happen if the cornerstone was taken away? Well, Jesus Christ is said to be the cornerstone of our foundation, the foundation of the church. What would happen if Jesus was taken away? Well, there'd be collapse. There'd basically be no temple. And without Jesus, there is no church. Now, we're told that the rest of the foundation consisted of the teaching of the apostles, that's the leaders of the New Testament church, and from the prophets from the Old Testament. And what was critical in their teaching was the message that Jesus came to die for us and of his resurrection. It's about their teaching told us of the gift from God, the grace of God that gave us Jesus Christ and the salvation we have in him. That we have new life, that we can be living stones and we're adopted in as citizens into the Christian church. So the church um, can't even ha have a solid foundation without Jesus Christ. Now here's where the grammar nerd in me comes out. That foundation has been laid. The Christians have already been built on that foundation. That's past tense. That job has been done. The foundation is finished. Doesn't need repeating. But now, the, in the present, the church is being built up together. That's present continuous. That means it's happening now and it will continue to happen. The building of the church is under construction and it was started with Jesus Christ. So what does that mean for us? What does it mean to be built up as a temple of God? Well, firstly, God gives the church the spirit 
and power to take the good news of his message, the good, his good news of Jesus to other people, both locally and around the world. Now, remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about our deepest desire for comfort. Well, I doubted that the early Christians and even Christians today would be happy to step out of their comfort zones and take the message around the world without the power of the Spirit in their lives. After the very first sermon was given, about 3,000 people came to Christ. It was the work of the Spirit in people's lives, convicting them of their sin and their need for Jesus Christ. In fact, the only reason you and I came to Christ is because of the work of the Spirit in our lives. Most Christians can look back on their lives and see how the Spirit led them to the point of accepting Christ. I know I can. Even if you weren't aware of it at the time, I'm sure that's true. So God builds his church, firstly, by adding new members, by adding new stones. But it doesn't stop there. Building the church is not about adding new members. The Spirit is hard at work building us up. It's the work of the Spirit to remind us of what Jesus taught us and to lead us into all truth. The Spirit doesn't work in each of us individually. Um, he works in us as a church. He gives members of the church different gifts. Um, later in the book of Ephesians, a couple of chapters away, we're told, given some examples. There's teachers, there's pastors, evangelists and others. They're just examples. We need each other. To, for the building up of the church and those gifts were given are given to us so that we can be built up together in love when everybody plays their part we need each other to grow it's easier to see that perhaps when we're um, in meeting physically together but we still need each other today and we need some new gifts today as we're connecting in different ways. And we still need to support each other and use the gifts that God has given us, that the Spirit has given us. The pandemic has forced us to be a bit creative in how we use those gifts. I feel I've got a lot to learn and I'm learning a lot from some of you younger members of the church and some of you more digitally savvy members of the church. Today, you're a gift to the church and you're vitally important to us, as many other gifts are. We wouldn't be built up in love without you today. Now, yes, I, probably like you, have experienced spiritual growth when I've been on my own. But when I think about it, all that growth has come through perhaps hearing a sermon, reading a book, a song or something else something that required somebody else to prepare and somebody else behind the scenes. Even learning directly from the Bible, well, that required translators and printers and people to get it together for me. We can't grow without each other. Together, we're being built up. So what does that mean for you and I? Well, I think we should be concerned for the growth of each other. Doing our part, whatever gifts God has given you, um, to help each other grow, to help us grow together. Now, the pandemic has taught me that uh, using my uh, my gifts is not may need to be I need, may need to be a bit creative in how I do that, and it may be a little bit different from the way I've used my gifts before. What about you? 
How can you use your gifts, the gifts that God has given you, to help us all grow? We should value the contribution of everyone, every member, and be willing to support them, and be willing to have our rough bits chipped away as each one plays their part and we grow together. Let's pray for each other and pray that we might together grow in Christ, even through this time when we're not physically meeting together and these, the challenges of being in a pandemic. My great-grandfather built McLaren Hall for a purpose. Temples are built for a purpose. And the church as the temple of God is built for a purpose. That purpose, we're told, is to be a dwelling place for God through his spirit. Just as Solomon's temple was a dwelling place of God, now the spirit dwells in the living temple, the church. The spirit dwells in believers individually and as us communally as a church the dwelling place of god as a dwelling place of god we're called to worship him our, fo- our worship should be f- focused and centered on god not on ourselves and i think we do well these days today to remind ourselves that even though we're worshiping through the digital medium um, of a recorded service that we're actually work- worshiping together with other people in the church community how can we tell whether the Spirit is, is dwelling within us as a church community? Well, we should see the church being built up. We should be seeing new members and we should be seeing growth in each of our, each of our lives as Christians. Now, the result of the work of the Spirit in the lives of us individuals as Christians is what we call the fruit of the Spirit. And we see that in Galatians as you know, love, joy, peace, those kind of virtues. And the result of the work of the Spirit in us as a community, as a church, is seeing that same fruit of the Spirit evident in us as a community, loving one another, reaching out to one another so that everyone feels like they belong and everyone is included. As we're joined together as stones in the temple of God, um, we need those rough bits chipped away so that we can love each other better so that we do get a nice join and so that the temple of the church of God is built together. We're the temple of living stones, a dwelling place for God's spirit. The spirit of God is at work work amongst us as a community, building us up in Christ. The result is a unified church where all members are equally valued and equally belong. Now, in a couple of places, I've mentioned things we could be praying about. And I'd like to take some time now as I finish just to pray with us and to pray for us as a church. Let's pray. We thank you, God, for the strong foundation that we have in Christ and what he has done for us. Thank you for the great privilege it is and the gift you have given us to belong to the church and to belong as citizens and members of the family of God. Help us not to take that for granted, but to be in praise and worship of you uh, as you dwell amongst us. May your spirit also guide us as we reach out to others. May May each one in the church feel like they belong. And as each one of us does our part in using the gifts you have given us, may we grow in our knowledge and love of you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. 
If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.